Well, welcome back to the Leaders We Need. Today on the podcast, we're going to wrap up the bipartisan legislative panel discussion that Capital Culture hosted featuring Representative Cindy Munson, a Democrat from the Oklahoma City area and the incoming leader of the Democratic Caucus, and Representative Gary Mize, a Republican from the Logan County, Guthrie area. This part of the conversation, I think you're really going to discover the power and the value of these kinds of bipartisan panel discussions that Capital Culture prioritizes. You get to really hear firsthand from elected leaders how, though they come from different parts of the state, Maybe we're motivated to seek office for different reasons, different areas of priorities that they are passionate about, and even come from different political philosophies and parties. They come together in the state capitol to advance policy that help all in the state of Oklahoma. You're going to hear some practical stories, some actual bills, things that they've worked on together that give just a different picture into what it looks like to lead in our state. Before we jump into this part of the conversation, if you have not yet already, please go and register to join us on August 26 for A Night of Hope with Bob Goff. It's going to be a fantastic evening that's going to inspire you, encourage you, and it will support the ongoing work of the Oklahoma Governor's Prayer Breakfast. You can go to PrayForOklahoma.com, that's PrayForOklahoma.com, and you can register to host a full table, table of 10, or you could register for a half table. You can also go to our website, www.capitalculture.com. Just click on the very top of the page. You'll see information for A Night of Hope with Bob Goff, and that will take you to the registration page from our site. All right, let's jump into the second part of the bipartisan legislative panel discussion today on The Leaders We Need. Capital Culture has enabled a different and a new atmosphere in state politics. This is The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast going beyond the politics and policies to focus on the people who lead in our communities, states, and nation. Conversations that restore the civility we need in our politics while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a resource from Oklahoma Capital Culture. I want to move to another question, but something that has already been kind of shared, too, is I also serve as the chaplain of the House of Representatives, and so every once in a while, biblical thoughts come into what I say. Proverbs goes to great lengths to convince us that nobody's got it all figured out. The best of us only see, in part, what is good and true and beautiful. We need those other perspectives. We all have blind spots. And so uh, I really want to get y'all to share and explore, you know, where are some, what are some instances, actual things, maybe even actual bills, even though I'm non-political, non-lobbying, you can talk about bills. What are some instances where you've seen differences either of district or priorities or, or party or, or philosophy come together to shape public policy for the better? So I was really fortunate the first year I was put on the, the floor leader team as an assistant floor leader, and I had no idea what the, he- what the heck that meant, and, but I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So 
you sit down in the room, all the bills come through that have come out of committee and we're making a decision on, we're gonna hear this on the floor and when and well, contrary maybe to popular belief uh, from, from the other side of the aisle, there, there are debates on, hey, which of these bills are we gonna hear and, and, and all of that. Well, because of my relationship with former representative Jason Dunnington, I kind of got nominated as the guy to go and finagle that. <laughs> so, so we would talk about it and, and, and I would go with him and I'd say, hey, we're looking at hearing this bill. Um, you know, there's some, some difficulties here, but so can, can we finesse that bill? Can you go talk to that member, finesse that bill just a little, get 90% or 80% of what they're trying to do, but not have the other political stuff and and I mean that it's real that's the nature of the building so I was really I was really glad to have had that opportunity for a couple of years because I would go to him and and say hey here's here's what we're looking at doing and and we'd figure it out and 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 everybody got some wins and um, and I would imagine in some way shape or form maybe those bills got got better but it's stuff like this if we keep doing this um, I, I spoke with a firefighters group earlier today at lunchtime, and I saw a buddy of mine uh, that I hadn't seen in a long time. Matter of fact, I don't know that I've seen him in 20 years, and the reason I say that, I think the last time I saw him was at my dad's funeral, which is 20 years ago this fall. And I've been bald for a while, but when I saw him, he wasn't bald, and so he came up to me and shook my hand. He goes, man, it's been a while, and I'm thinking, who the heck are you? I grew up with this guy. And, and he told me his name. I was like, holy cow, Todd, I would have never even recognized you. And I was so glad that he did because we lived our whole life virtually together. We went to church together. Our, our parents had been friends for years. We were just talking and, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm gonna follow up with you. Uh, and I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but I'm trying. He said, I wanna follow up with you and talk to you about some things. I said, yeah, call me anytime, what's on your mind? And he said, well, I wanna talk to you about mental health with first responders. And I said, man, I'd love to do that. I was actually part of an interim study last year. I got some alarming statistics that I was unfamiliar with, and I didn't realize how high the percentage numbers were of PTSD and suicides uh, of first responders. And, and I had someone ask me if I wanted to be involved or get involved with a mental health caucus that was formed this year. And you know, hopefully you see policy ideas come out of it, but if nothing else, people are actually talking about it and talking about it from a leadership position because nothing changes if you don't talk about things. And that's one that is difficult to talk about, I think, period. I think it's diff more difficult to talk about it in certain circles because you're supposed to have it together. But it was perfect timing to Cindy's point, um, talking about the pandemic. There's a lot of people that struggled during that time. There's people that are still struggling as we're coming out of that time frame, and I, But it parlays back to a point that I made earlier. It's a willingness again to walk in a mile in somebody else's shoes. I may not struggle with this, but you do, and, and let's talk about it. And continuing to talk about it and bring awareness to it, because it's not until you do that, then you identify a need, then you identify how do we fix it, and then we identify how do we attach a dollar amount to it and, and move forward. You get to shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I had I had your question in my mind differently than what it's written, but you said differences, but this is more of, of where just 
building on, I hope it's okay that I answer it like this, just building on the fact of how important relationships are. In 2019, I, while I said I don't, you know, being a Democrat, you don't get all the things passed. And usually the things that we work on are not like going to change the trajectory of things because we're not the ones who are elected to be in power. But um, in 2019, I was able to work on um, some legislation to end step therapy practices in Oklahoma. So if you're familiar with step therapy or you have, especially we all sort of go through it, but those especially with chronic illness who have to try different types of therapies or medications, they have to, there's all these processes you have to wait with your insurance company and, and all that. So really your insurance company is driving, you know, what medications you're going to take, what therapies you're going to um, choose to engage in versus you and your physician deciding what's best for you. So I was asked to run the bill in the House as the House author. And the person who came to me said, Leader Eccles, who is the majority floor leader, would like you to be the House author and he's going to help you navigate his caucus and all that. And I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> like, what are, what's happening here? What's the catch? Um, and they were like, no catch. He just said that you would probably be a good person to, to give this issue to. And so I look back on that opportunity. One of the most fun things in terms of process, like I just got to see a whole different side of the legislative process, probably what the majority gets to see many times. Um, I had so much support. I had, you know, I was able to, to work through the process pretty easily. And the the Senate author was a Republican. And there was a uh, moment where we were trying to ensure that Medicaid recipients were still included in the legislation. Uh, there was some disagreement with that, not necessarily with the Senate author, but but with agencies and, and all of that. And so um, he asked me to come to his office to have this meeting. I thought I was just going to sit back. I thought he's the senator. He's a Republican. You know, he's got more years than I do. I think he has a couple more than I do. So he'll take the lead. No, he was like, Representative Minson, you know, we're going to let you lead on this one. And and I don't know if he disagreed with me necessarily, but I pushed and pushed and, and just stood firm in what I believed was right. And that was to ensure Medicaid recipients were still included in this in this policy. Ended up getting passed. The governor signed it. And then I've. I've gone to Chicago and a couple of conferences. I never thought I would be in front of rheumatologists <laughs> speaking about issues that I was working on in the legislature and that Oklahoma would be the example um, and we would be the model that other states would want to follow. But I think regardless of there are probably, especially on the philosophical differences that we have, like where we spend our money, how we get our money, social issues, things like that, you will see Leader Eccles and I on opposite sides. Um, but we have had the opportunity to build a relationship and um, build some trust knowing that, you know, I would handle myself in a way that would bring people together on an issue that is so important to Oklahomans that many of you don't may not even realize how much it impacts you until it impacts you um, and the lives that we save and we'll be able to save in the future. And so we've got to prioritize the relationship building and the listening and it's amazing what can get done. And Eccles, while his name was on there, he was like, I am not the forefront. Like, I do not need to be in front of all of this. And when we have folks who are willing to not worry about their name being on everything or their being the leader on every issue, I think amazing things can happen. But that doesn't get blasted in the Oklahoman or on social media or anywhere. And that's really too bad because I think that would help break down some of the rhetoric and the narrative we hear about politics and what goes on at the Capitol. That's a great segue because I, I want to say I I totally forgot about that bill until you just said it. I was a primary author on that as well. And yeah, I, it, yeah, I, 
I kind of feel bad because I didn't do a whole lot. I didn't put my name on. That's okay. I got asked early on, but um, yeah, that was a that was a really good example, actually. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Well, thanks for well, your work on that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, that's a really good segue. You saw one of my little plug lines for the podcast, but these kinds of conversations don't get the media attention. That's part of the reason why we have these conversations. It's not just a podcast. We travel the state, legislators in the room. Uh, we're going to university campuses and we're gonna be, we can go into any any venue, any setting, and these kinds of conversations can, can happen in a way that also lead, has some opportunity to really equip people in our state to dialogue better. I've got kind of two rapid fire in questions and then we can all chime in together. But just real quick, what is something you wish Oklahomans knew about the environment and culture at the Capitol that they may not know? It's not a part-time job and- <laughs> That's good, yeah, that is very good. And, and there's often times a lot going on that you do not see on the news or is absolutely misrepresented by the news. And that's not to say anything bad about the news stations, but I mean, they have a job too. But there's a lot of people up there that are working really hard. They work hard year round. And there's a lot of really good people that really care about making Oklahoma better. And the system is designed to be deliberative and slow. You know, you hear a lot about that political environment. You hear a lot of negativity. I would imagine negativity sells a little bit better. But there's a lot of positive things that are going on in that building. And there's a lot of people that are helped by the work done by both parties in that building. That's 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 what I'd say. Yeah. That's good. I tell people I don't work with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> I get that question a lot. Um, but I think, and this isn't to be disparaging, but I think um, just based on the questions that I get regularly and, and just where people's mindset is, there isn't a lot of opportunity for the minority to speak up in a really productive way. Like when you look at other states, the minority party, regardless of what the party is, they have a specific position on a committee, especially in the committee process. And I think we, we really um, are doing ourselves a disservice because we don't have a lot of public input in our processes. Again, other states have, they have set time. And while our chairman of the committees can do this, they are able to do it if they want to. In other states, their legislature and their rules are set up where public comment is necessary and they allow it and they're open to it. And I think that's what breaks down some of the partisan stuff. When you hear from folks in your community who are industry leaders or they're an expert in something or they've experienced something, it takes away all the partisanship around the issues that we're working on. But um, something I really wish that we um, did have in the legislature, like when my dad came to the Capitol, he was like, you all sit, like Democrats sit together and then Republicans sit together. And then when he came to my first office, I was on the Republican floor. I was on the third floor, I was the only Democrat. Um, I mentioned I worked for Girl Scouts. I passed out cookies and candies. Like, I know I'm a Democrat, but it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Everything's okay. Um, and my dad thought that was so strange too. He was like, you all are on different hallways. And, and, and while I think the floor seating is something that probably needs to say, stay so we can communicate with each other easier, but I think like office space, for instance, you know, go by class or something like that. Um, and then have a space where the minority actually has a voice. And I always hear from folks from long ago, they're like, well, Democrats did this. And, 
Okay. I was not in elected office when that was going on, but I think in our state, regardless of party, uh, we have to ensure that the minority voice has a place to be heard beyond just a few minutes on the floor asking questions, a few minutes on the floor making debate, because I think that's where, like you said, we can navigate the disagreements and have a place to have those conversations before it becomes this like wildfire and, and everything's burning down um, and instead have a productive place to have those conversations. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see too, that uh, those relationships are really key that you don't even see, which I'm sure you know this better than I do, half the stuff that could be voted on that isn't. <laughs> it's all good, just yeah. some of it doesn't make its way through. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what gives you hope for the future of political discourse in, in Oklahoma in particular. Do you have hope? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll say this, especially just because like the last week, and right before I came here, I worked with a young woman who's getting her democracy badge through Girl Scouts, and she came to the Capitol and asked great questions. And um, I would say my hope is with the children, with young people who are interested and engaged and educated, and um, I just, had an opportunity to work with Youth Leadership Oklahoma, um, and those students are always so brilliant. I, I was able to participate in that program when I was in high school and still don't know how, um, because these students, they're so curious and they're so empathetic. And I got to travel the state with a group a couple years ago, and that's what I walked away with. These students have a different level of compassion. They have a different level of understanding each other better than any adult that I know. And so my hope is that those of us who are in places of power, influence, regardless, like our sphere of influence, we all have it, that we encourage young people to be curious and to ask questions and to try new things and think about different ideas um, because they are our next leaders. I am who I am because of how my teachers treated me and how my dad treated me. They helped me to see that I, um, I can ask questions and I can think about the things that I want to think about the way that I want to versus following um, you know, just what my dad thought or something like that. And so um, this last week coming out of session, it is nice to, to be with young people because they just have such a different perspective and asking them, you know, what do you think your leaders should be doing? That sort of realigns me and centers me on how I should be behaving because they're all watching. They're watching us all the time. And um, so my hope is in the kiddos. <laughs> that's, that's really good. I think, well, I, the PAGE program. Mm -hmm. is a good example. You know, it's folk, young folks that want to come and get involved and see how the process works. I didn't even know that existed when I was in high school. I had no idea. So I think that's good. Stuff like this, opportunities like this, where you can bring folks in and, and have real open, honest conversation about the process and what's going on and some of the behind the scenes. But I think ultimately what gives, gives me hope is Years like this year are difficult. You see some nonsense, and I'm gonna call it nonsense because I think it is. But there was still a lot of good that was done. You know, the largest township in, in my district, we had more revenue than we ever did uh, or ever have. And, and we had more money as a state. We saved some money, so you could disagree on whether we should have or should have spent it, whatever, but we had it. Um, so there are positive things that, that are happening. and. There is still a willingness to do the work that is needed and required. I think the day, it goes back to something you said. 
We see the dissension, but at least the dissension is there because it, sh it shows that people care. As misguided as it may be at times, it shows that they care. So for the individuals in the room that find themselves in a leadership position, regardless of what arena you're in, be willing to be an example. Be willing to have the hard conversation. Be willing to ask somebody that looks very different than you, hey, have you thought about this? Give them your perspective, tell your story. Holy cow, how impactful and powerful are our own stories, but only if we share them. Thank you for listening to The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Oklahoma Capital Culture is a nonprofit organization shaping a culture of civility, integrity, and servant leadership among policymakers through nonpolitical and nonpartisan engagement. Learn more about Oklahoma Capital Culture and how you can help shape the leadership culture at www.capitalculture.com. Original music heard on The Leaders We Need, provided by Scott Allen Matthews at mypodcastmusic.com.